going everybody? How's it hanging? How's it happening? You guys know what it is. This is Kevin from the Chord Progression Podcast. But today, MSOTD rocks for rock and metal thrive. Happy Tuesday, everybody. It is January 26th. We're already getting to the end of January. God damn it. But trust me on this. This is a podcast you guys are going to absolutely enjoy. So another band from the MVK Music Group. My first deathcore band I ever get to interview called Kill the Imposter and... Let's just say this about this episode before I really jump into it. Do we talk about music? Yes. Do we talk about uh, getting into deathcore because I'm not that much in deathcore right now and I ask them how they can get I can get into it? Absolutely. That's what happens. However, there are so many wacky stories where you're going to want to get to know even more about this band and listen to their music and really understand where they're coming from because this is the type of podcast where you're really going to get to know the guys and you're really going to see how much fun these guys are. And trust me when I say this. When live shows return, you're going to want to see them live solely off of this podcast. Are you guys ready? Because I cannot wait for you guys to listen to this conversation that we had. So on that note, let's go. Yeah. Well, 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 ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of the Core Progression Podcast, you know the bands that I usually have on here. They always range within rock and metal. And you guys know I love metalcore, but MVK Music has brought me the first deathcore band that I'm having on the podcast. And I'm excited for this because I'm not really that much into deathcore, but who knows, maybe after this podcast, I'll get into it even more. So, so please welcome out of Florida, the band kill the imposter. So guys, welcome to the core Corporation podcast. How are you doing? Thanks for having us. Thanks for being on guys. How's everything going over there in Florida at this current moment in the state of this crazy world that we're living in right now. It's pretty amazing. We're actually ready to change your mind. Ooh. Deathcore. I like that. Alrighty, so let's just jump right into it. So the first thing I always do is just to try and get everyone to know who you guys are. I always start out with asking each of you guys three questions. And the first two are easy. The last one, that's where it gets interesting. So I want to know from everybody what your name is, what you do in the band. Those are the easy ones. And then the last one, we're going all like intro to high school, welcome week in college. I want to know a little fun fact or a little fun story about yourself. But I always like to be the wackiest as possible, whether it's Something that you did when you were a kid, something you created. I've heard people tell me about their famous Instagram or Twitter pets. I've had people give me their Tinder bios. I mean, anything you guys can think of that's wacky. I've had people tell me a story about how they chloroformed another member of the band and dragged him to a beach just because. So (laughs) I will let you guys take it away. And I mean, I'm already seeing one guy getting pointed at. So this seems like it's going to be interesting. We we just can't wait to hear what he's going to tell you. Yeah. So we, he's not gonna have a great wacky story. Chloroform, chloroform was definitely. I mean, look like Dennis right here. Thanks. <laughs> All right, so I'll let I'll let one of you guys start. Whoever wants to go. Go ahead, Danny. All right. Uh, hi, I'm Danny. I play guitar for the band, and uh, let's see. My first instrument was actually a violin. Really? Yes. Yeah. Was it was it something that is kind of like because was that when you were a kid like when it was something like cause I know a lot of people that actually played violin when they were kids but their parents kind of forced it on them and then they either expanded into something else kind of like what seems like what you did playing guitar or just kind of lost it all together. Uh, in like fifth grade, they started me with the recorder, and that really wasn't yeah, I really wasn't all about that. And then once I got to middle school, they put a violin in my hand. For some reason, it just clicked. It kept me out of doing bad shit. So I just kept up with it and then took it through high school and got me into college. And I really think you should play the recorder on one of those calls. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely play the recorder. That would be really cool. Nice intro. Yeah, it'd be great. Fair enough. 
I'll say a recorder intro would definitely be something that, especially in a deathcore song, would be something I don't think anyone's ever tried. I'm pretty sure you're right. (laughs) Never, ever, ever in the history of ever. Challenge accepted. Challenge so, now I'm going to be on the lookout for that from you guys. I'm going to be curious to see, okay, all of a sudden, yeah, you're going to see on like Loudwire and Kerrang, like this deathcore band end up using a recorder for their intro. Check it out now. And people are going to be wondering, what the hell are they thinking? And all of a sudden, they're going to listen to the song and just think, oh, that's what they were thinking. Again, yeah. this song hasn't even been, this is just the, the beginning idea of it, but it could go absolutely anywhere. So I'd be very interested to see how that would happen. The, with the recorder solo. <laughs> Just don't play hot cross buns with the recorder as your uh, solo because everyone would be like, oh, no, just you're going to have all these different like flashbacks from people like grade school and middle school playing the recorder, just how horrible of a time they had with it. Because I never had to when I was a kid, but I knew a bunch of people that did. And they're just like everyone playing hot cross buns at the same time. And it was just the most weird mashed up thing you could ever expect because everyone was not on beat with each other. Everyone's off key playing the wrong notes. And it just sound like. Oh, don't worry. That's the intro to the set. Oh. Hot Cross Buns is like the first song everybody learns on our quarter. Or a violin. It's every intro song on every Maybe between between a little star. Essentially, yeah. Kind of. You mean the alphabet song? Yeah. It's like four chords. It's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I knew that song. I was testing you guys. Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, you want to introduce yourself to your pal? Hi, guys. Nick, I play drums. Kiss my ass. <laughs> and I have a culinary arts degree. Really? Like, yeah. Yeah. You like to cook. You're paid to cook. Paid to cook, like to cook. Cook two completely different things. <laughs> Way <laughs> different. Yeah. I used to like to cook till I had to get paid to cook. Now I hate cooking. Yeah. I don't really cook much at home. Except on the grill. Understandable. I actually recently uh, had a podcast interview with a guy named Kenny Wilkerson from a band called Nova Rex, where he created a cookbook that had a bunch of different rock stars from like the 80s, 90s, even up to today, where they just compiled their favorite recipes like Roy Mayorga from uh, Stone Sour is in there. There's a bunch of different guys from a bunch of hair metal bands as well, just with all these different random recipes. I, know, I can't remember his name. But I know the drummer, uh, drummer from Evanescence is in there. All three guys from Palais Royale have this whole entire thing in there where it's like a whole Brazilian dish that their mom would make for like eight people. So here's the difference between metalcore and deathcore, right? So you just described a cookbook. My brain went to, I wonder how, what they taste like. Everyone you just named, I was like, what does the guy from Evanescence taste like? <laughs> it was, I was not, drummer from Stone Sour. Yeah, what the hell does Stone Sour taste like? That would be a weird cookbook. We should do a cannibal cookbook. Yes. Sorry. So just saying we, we can make a drink book because I've got some crazy drink concoctions. But you can't drink a person. Well, I mean, I mean you kind of can. If you put them in a blender. It's and a perfect blender is. They got juices. Well, I got a nice and like you chop. Anyway, that's where my brain went. <laughs> <laughs> Cannibal so we're gonna have a cannibal cookbook that comes with a signature recorder. With a, yeah, it comes with a recorder. Like that, yeah, 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 yeah. Just make like, sure. Just every time you open the page. Yeah, yeah. Just make sure that the cannibal cookbook also includes like at least one member of Cannibal Corpse in there, just because it would just fit so well. Yeah, they're all big guys too, so you could eat forever, really. <laughs> <laughs> so that I is mean, def- 
there's definitely a difference in mindset, but I absolutely love it. I mean, like, <laughs> like George's neck is huge. Georgie boy. Can you imagine eating George, Campbell George's neck? Neck would just like. I was just thinking because it starts at his ears and goes to his shoulders. Like, can you imagine? Like, you're in a plane crash, right? <laughs> like most people go for the gut or the like the thigh. I mean, well, you could just like beef jerky that neck to death. It's all muscle too. That's shit. Well, not to death, just in general, because he's already dead. You know what I mean? You could do the exact same thing with Corey Taylor's neck as well, because that thing is just thick. I mean, those necks could feed a family of four for like two weeks straight. Looks like he's wearing a tire everywhere he goes. <laughs> yeah, it's got to hold up all that ego. So. Instead of a rock and roll cookbook, we're gonna have a cannibal cookbook. Thanks to Kill the Imposter, and well, not, I mean, once you guys come up that cookbook, please send me a copy. I'd love to have it. I'm pretty sure we can mock something up. Not mock it. We're selling it. We're gonna be the next kiss. We're gonna have that. We already have Kill the Imposter toilet paper, so we might as well imagine. have uh, a cookbook. I mean, you guys are pretty much on your way at that point. So if you've already got toilet paper, just it's the next step, and then following that, you're gonna have your own Christmas special. Then you're gonna be sponsoring some, you know. Um, Elon Musk, an Elon Musk SpaceX spaceship. All of a sudden, you have Kill the Imposter on the side of the spaceship as it's going up. I mean, the yeah. possibilities are endless at this point. Then it has to explode because then it would be like killing the imposter, and it would only make sense. Then you, I would be like, "What did you expect?" Really? <laughs> <laughs> I, I was happy with the KTI Black Christmas. Oh, sorry, sorry. Wait, wait, wait! I gotta, I gotta ask about this. The KTI Black Christmas because I don't know. You just said Christmas special. I thought KTI's Black Christmas would. Yeah, that would go well. So, I was gonna say. So, what are you gonna do? Are you guys gonna do a whole entire remake of the movie Black Christmas? Because that was like the original holiday slasher film. Next video. Thanks for the idea. <laughs> We've got a couple <laughs> videos coming up. Yeah. Good idea. Well, all right. Yeah, because I know there's a couple of because there's that one. There's Silent Night, Deadly Night. There's like five or six of those movies, and it's just you know just Killer Santa. Christmas. Jack Frost. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, Jack Frost. I forgot about that one too. The personal love of do you want to introduce yourself? To oh, we, I always thought we were still on the cookbook thing. I didn't know. No, you're good. Yeah, you're okay. Good. Yeah, you're um, good. My name's Wilson. I play bass. <laughs> but I don't know where you want me to go with this. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> where would you like me to go with this? I, the world is your oyster, bro. Shuck it. Sweet. So I'm Johnny. Yeah, pass. I do a. I, I sing. It? What do I do? I do vocals. You're the vocalist. You make noises yeah, with I, fruits. Yes. I do that thing. Uh, I try to create chaos. He's destroyed several mics because his voice is so loud. There is a problem I have, yes. Wait, you've, you've actually destroyed a couple of mics just through your vo vocals alone? The oh, yeah. internals of the actual microphone. Just scream so loud the mic is piping hot fried when he's giving it back to the sound guys and they're trying to they're looking at it like what the trying to <laughs> give him another microphone at the same time yeah oopsies yeah my bad well then holy shit i mean when it, i mean those mics must be imposters and you're just absolutely killing them and then just keeps getting another one just boom all of a sudden kill like five or six in, during a show and the sound guys gonna be looking at you at the end of it thinking okay what the hell am i supposed to do for the next show because well, now all of a sudden i got two, six blown mics at this point the first two were at house of blues so those are like Really expensive mics, and that first one was on fire. Like it was on, I was so hot. <laughs> Sorry about that. 
And he handed me another one and that was just one note and blew out. And then I tried to take a corded microphone. Wait, is that the one I took from that? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So I was, I, these two were in a different band, Nick and, and uh, Danny were in a different band. And I was doing like guest vocals with them at the house blues. And I didn't really care for the singer. She's words. Well, she sings like an amputee. <laughs> How does an amputee sing though? Well, she can't hold a note and can't carry a tune. Ah, okay. Yeah. Uh, so, so while I was on, whilst I was on stage, I then burnt the two microphones. So I had to grab her microphone when she was very unhappy about. Well, if you're gonna, I mean, if the microphones can't handle you, then this is clearly something's wrong, especially with House of Blues, because they're not gonna be getting cheap microphones, especially at a a venue like that where they've got multiple locations all across the United States. I mean, they're gonna definitely have the money to get high quality mic so if you're they're not able to handle you i mean no wonder why they ban certain people from showing up there halloween <laughs> halloween havoc i broke three three mics and four mic cords Jeez, i mean you might i might have to label you guys the most destructive band i've ever heard of <laughs> at I this point have. it's just me and i don't mean to do it <laughs> oh wilson has his story here we go taught myself how to play guitar and cello when i was 10 years old Really? His finger got him like it was like a. I played the cello. He just did the violin thing. You can't do the cello thing. Just, the cello's bigger. You can't though. piggyback off of his awesome story just so you fit in. What other story would you like me to give? You don't have another story, Wilson. Not that's suitable for this. I can change mine if you want. Not, not nothing that no, is suitable for the public. What? It's not the public, bro. It's the podcast. It will be public. We just gotta talk to this guy right here. Yeah, but that's gonna be on YouTube. All right, he wins. Oh darn! I always like those kind of stories, though. See? Yeah, tell him that story—the one with the Crocs. Doesn't one with the Crocs? I was just kidding. Oh darn! I was expecting like some weird kind of story where he wrestled a couple of Crocs just because you know he oh, had this like. Shoes. Yeah, I thought the shoes. I meant the <laughs> shoes. Oh, I was thinking the animal, except because I was. <laughs> I'll put it this way: over the uh, over New Year's, just because I was sitting home alone, bored, I didn't know what to do. I started watching old episodes of The Crocodile Hunter, so I'm kind of still in that mentality a little bit. No, that's a good show. We are also from Florida. There is that. I'm not from here. I dwell here. <laughs> right here. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, Currently, right. rent land from the right. government here. Yeah. Anyway, I'll say that's definitely one way to put about it. But anyway. One thing I want to know is, is especially with Deathcore, because that's definitely your guys' style. How did you guys get into that style? How did you create Kill the Imposter with that sort of a style? Especially because, for my end, I'm slowly starting to delve into more of that, you know, more like basically some more crazier, harder stuff as time has gone on. I started out really focusing on just hard rock and punk rock, and I'm starting to get more metal, especially metalcore as well. So, as time has gone on, I'm getting more closer towards Deathcore. So, I kind of want to know a little bit more about it so that potentially on my end, I can dive into it a little bit more, especially with your music as well. You want me to do this one? Yeah. All right. Well, I grew up in New York City, like hardcore, New York hardcore stuff. Um, so everything was always angry and angsty. Um, I guess like our formula, well, to get into deathcore in general, I think we all just have that passion for super heavy music. But our kind of like goal especially for live shows 
is we never wanted to be the band that had people looking at us going like this. Like our music you shouldn't know, be too technical that they don't want to move. Yeah, they just want to nod their head. We don't want that. So we just wanted to create a frenzy from literally beginning to end. Um, like currently our set is not even 30 minutes and we play eight songs and there's not two seconds between each song. So it's just a constant wheel of chaos. And that's kind of, I don't know. That's how, I mean, I've always grew up listening to hardcore, so it wasn't like, it wasn't a big step for me, but shit, we just came to my house listening to hillbilly stuff, so <laughs> I I'm game for anything, but uh, yeah, like I just want to create a frenzy. I want, I want you to not be able to not want to hit something. See, now when you're saying that, what uh, first, my, my first thought process is, Holy shit, when live shows return, I got to go see you guys play live because that's always my favorite kind of show when it's just the amount of energy that's coming from the band on stage and the sound that's coming from it is so energetic, just so amped up where you feel like you got to get into a mosh pit and just hit somebody and just go absolutely nuts. And of course, by the time it's over, by the time your set's over after a half hour, there might be people that are just completely beaten up, maybe even bloodied in the pit just because that's what happens. And by the end of it, everyone's going to be like high-fiving each other, having a great time. Because it's like, holy shit, we just went through this. So we've, not reluctantly, but against some criticism, have played 10 shows during this pandemic. And every time we play, every time we've played, there's been nothing but handshakes and high-fives at the end of the thing. And it's great. And I get no better thrill than watching someone get tired before me. You know what I mean? Like, like... All right, the first four songs they got beat the shit out of, and then they took a break and they came back for the rest of it. Like, that's the best thing I could. They're not bopping their head by the bar, you know? They have to. There's something innate that they have to be on the floor in the swarm of chaos. Yeah, this music, as soon as it hits you, it's just one of those like internal, like primal feelings that you just want to get all that angst and energy and all the negative shit you got going on in your head you just want to let it out and this is a safe spot to do it with a whole bunch of like-minded people who are gonna be there and are gonna enjoy it right along with you and since i've been playing music i've had these heavy ideas and stuff like that and most of the bands i've ever been in they've told me like you know it's, it's good but it's too heavy it's and not our style it's not our style it doesn't fit this and that so when we came into this and it was just, okay, the, the reins are unleashed and they just let me go. And it was just from childhood to now, every angry idea I've had just came out all at once, like, you know, guitar vomit. And it was just a hit with everybody that listened to it. So we just kept going and harnessing that, that energy and that rage every, you know, keep going and going and going and keep pushing and pushing. And especially when it comes to any kind of harder music as well, especially, I mean, for me, I have to relate to metalcore because that's kind of like just this kind of like a step under as well to where just that feeling that more intense, more angry kind of sound, especially within the music. I gravitated towards that after a while just because after stuff that I've been through, yeah, I definitely felt that. And when it comes to what Johnny, what you're saying, where all of a sudden you guys have been playing, you played 10 shows during the pandemic. Some people might not like it. 
in my opinion, I really don't care because you guys are trying to do the best that you can do right now, especially given the time frame. And if people and people want to go out to live shows, people miss that. I miss that entirely. And why people are high-fiving each other and shaking their hands after that is because everyone went there with the same kind of mentality where they wanted to see a show and especially seeing you guys with the kind of show you put on. There's going to be that feeling where everyone's just trying to let some stuff out. Everyone's just trying to just hit someone in a controlled chaos kind of environment because everyone knows the underlying rules of the pit. And by the time it's all over, it's felt like you just went through something incredible with people that feel like your family and you're just high-fiving everybody, shaking their hands because you guys all went through something, but it was absolutely awesome and you did it together. Yeah. When you have 300 to 30,000 people that feel the exact same way, that's a feeling you can't duplicate. And everyone trying to reach for normal again, like normal. I hate that word, but you know what I mean? Like trying trying to get back to the where we were before the whole pandemic started. Exactly. Exactly. And on the other end, like we still have to pay our bills, we still have to pay rent and those things are all still due. We got to do what we got to do. Yeah, and and it's just another thing too is just cuz from my perspective as well where I love going to concerts. I'm not on the same side that you guys are. I do have a brother though that he works, he manages a bar in Madison, Wisconsin, right on the University of Wisconsin's campus. So ever since the pandemic hit, things have not been very helpful for that situation as well where there are other businesses out there where it's like oh you know like walmart people can just go into walmart willy-nilly no problem they can pack in there i mean hell black friday they were just everyone was packed in these stores just because hey we're getting we're getting teals tv deals that were like oh the tv is six hundred dollars now but they're saying it's on sale from 800 to 600 so we gotta go get it kind of thing and they're able to pack in there, but we're not able to go to shows. It's like, where the, where's the autonomy in there? Where's the hypocrisy in there? Because it is blatant at that point. And you guys got to do what you can do to in order to survive and thrive, not only in your personal lives, but also professionally as well. So when it comes to being able to play live shows, if you're going to do it, you're going to end up doing it. I've known bands that I've talked to where they've said people and other bands have given them a lot of criticism and potentially tried to end up hindering their careers because they played certain live shows during the pandemic. And I'm thinking these bands are trying to go out there and actually do something. And meanwhile, you're sitting at home because you don't want to go out there right now. And because these bands are going to end up growing faster than you are, you're going to end up complaining about it because you're not willing to do that. Exactly. Just before the pandemic, like really put everything into lockdown. We were trying to get a personal show together with a couple of the bands that we knew just kind of everybody come here to our practice space, you know, line up your merch, bring everybody's fans together, kind of everybody let's kind of put together the community and kind of help each other out because we didn't know how long it was going to last. And what was it? Two days before the show, the cops were called to the to the venue and we got a call like, hey, are you putting on a show? It's like, well, no. Right. Not but entirely. It, it's, it was just like, why are you messing with our... Why are you messing with adults having fun with adults? Adults make their own decisions. Like, why are you coming to us? Like, if a group of people wanted to do something, let them freaking do it. Like, yeah, isn't that the point of free will? Yeah, freedom. Yeah, to do. Yeah, exactly. Because, yeah. because even for myself as well, it's just in after the pandemic hit, I was at two shows. I want to say just because it was bands I've had on the podcast, and they've came around to Wisconsin. One was in Green Bay. It was in the middle of. I mean, little bumfuck nowhere up like three and a half hours into like the north central part of Wisconsin where there's like literally nothing. And I drove three and a half hours there just because I thought, hey, it's a show. Why not go and see it? And for the first one, I was in Green Bay. All of a sudden, you know, there's like a hundred people there. 
I'm like, okay, we'll just see what happens. The band I wanted to go see, they went on stage. They started playing. I'm thinking to myself, okay, there's a mosh pit for me. Let's see how long I can resist going in this. As I was thinking that, I'm already walking towards it. I'm like, I need to get in this now. So it's just something where people are going to make their own decisions. People have the should have the freedom to do that. And when it comes to you guys, especially being in Florida right now where the, uh, the pandemic seems to be a little bit more relaxed to the point where you guys are able to play live shows. I've heard a lot of bands in Florida being able to start playing live shows at a specific capacity. So why not take advantage of that while you can? It started out like that. Man, we've had this whole rule where it was like, 50 50 capacity and it was 70 percent capacity and i'm gonna be super honest with you those clubs have been packed like those clubs are packed like they there's no capacity like we've sold out all the last three shows the last three shows yeah like to capacity there's people waiting outside like, really yeah not a mask in sight yeah they say you need a mask just to get in and i'm like yeah, okay. they're like, oh, we're going to temperature check you. And I have not had any temperature check. Yeah. And there's people on the air that are still pissed off. Like, we, it's funny as hell. Our very first show after everything was like shut down, it's like a birthday party show or something. We got a lot of hate mail for it. Like, oh, you should be wearing masks. You should social distance yourself. Oh, okay. No, the blue note. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah that was blue note. That, that place got closed down too. Because of it. <laughs> yeah. Oopsies. Oops. No, they took a group picture of everyone, like all the bands and everyone that was there. Super the small venue. Like it was a t- the smallest venue I think I've ever played in the history of me playing music. Full. It was awesome. Climbing on the bar was amazing. They did this group picture at the end of it, and then that went out into the world, and then they closed them down. So sorry, Blue Note. You guys were awesome. Shit. I mean, come on. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not blaming Blue Note for any of that as well. It's just, again, like what I was saying, where you're seeing other places that can operate at full capacity, and yet there are places like this where all of a sudden, okay, now are they able to operate at full capacity? No, why not? Well, because people aren't wearing masks. People aren't wearing masks at these other places either. They're, I mean, take a look at massive groups of massive people that are gathering together, whether outside or inside, all over the place, where all of a sudden, hey, you don't need to socially distance. You don't need to have a mask, whatever. But all of a sudden, or like a couple of bands want to get together and they're playing a show for maybe 100, 200 people. And all of a sudden, that's just like the worst thing you can possibly do. Come on, give me a break. Agree. But I've never worn a mask anyway, so I don't know. I, I mean, is there, is, it a, is there a mask mandate in Florida at the moment? No. It's per business. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because I know here in Wisconsin right now, we're dealing with uh, – we've been to have the required mask mandate since August, I think. You should look like me then because no one's going to say anything to me. <laughs> very true. That, that is for good. I'm not, I'm not scary enough, unfortunately. I don't have the – I mean, I don't have the vocals that could just, like, you know, break a couple of microphones on a daily basis, so I'm not able to scare I'm anyone. I'm super nice to everyone, though. It's not like I'm screaming at everyone. That would be funny. It's fucked up. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, like – no, nothing. No, it's just how I look. Oh, I, I mean, I I wasn't thrown off by it. I mean, if I saw in the street, I'd be like, "Hey there." Yeah, I agree. I think everyone should do that, but everyone here is terrified, so whatever. <laughs> yeah, but then I mean, but then there's also some perks to that too, where all of a sudden you're trying to get somewhere and you're walking down the streets like, okay, I got to get to this at this specific time. I got to hurry. Everyone's gonna kind of move out of your way. That's that's accurate. Accurate. You know what it didn't help with? My daughter and a boyfriend. 
my oldest daughter, like, I was like, yeah, I'm going to be that scary dad. I'm going to carry gun. Like, I got a couple guns right next to me. That motherfucker, his name was Ryan. If she sees this, she's going to be so pissed. <laughs> <laughs> you know she's going to see yeah, it. Yeah, and, and, and he walked in, he was like, oh, what kind of gun is that? I'm like, what the fuck? This isn't... Not how I wanted this to no. go. Man, help me hang this TV. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> he did, too. He was a douchebag, though. Whatever. Hey, hey fuck you, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for her to see this. Oh, my God. I've, I, I've, I've had a couple of times where all of a sudden, you know, people have called out their kids on something during a podcast. I've never had one that specific, but <laughs> I really hope that your daughter sees this. It's like, Dad, why are you doing this to me? Okay. Oh, she knows. It's, she won't be affected at all. I promise. <laughs> when you're trying to be the scariest guy possible, that's when the kid's like, oh, what kind of gun is that? Oh, let me see that kind of thing. You're like, what the hell? I've, I've dealt with that before, too, with one girlfriend I had where I had to meet her whole entire family at the exact same time on one day. And they were all, they'd all been drinking at that point. So all of a sudden I had to meet her dad, her best dad's best friend, and like five of her uncles. They all came into the basement, like interrogation style. And I just sat there. I'm like, yeah, you know what? If something happens, something happens. If not, you know what? I hope not, but we'll see what happens. And they're trying to intimidate me every step of the way. I'm just thinking, yep, yep, yep. One guy said, he's like, yeah, I'm from Chicago and I'm Italian. You know what that means? I'm like, well, I know exactly what that means. I have an uncle that's Italian and I know all these stories. <laughs> you have weird chest hair. <laughs> <laughs> well, and at, at that point, I just went up. I'm like, oh, I'll go get you a beer if you want. What do you want? Miller High Life? And he looked at me. He's like, all right, I like this kid. He's getting go. me a high life. <laughs> I just remember long, long time ago, I had an ex's dad like slam a machete in the table, like sit down, try to mean mug me. And I was like, you know, People drop me off here. They're gonna come after. They're gonna eventually come get me. What are you planning on fucking doing with this? And he just gave me like one of those stewy looks, and he just walked out of the room. <laughs> what was the point of this? It, it's it's something where it's like they're just doing that because they're gonna try and get the rise. They're gonna try and freak you out. They're gonna try and establish dominance at that point. But all you got to do at that instance is just just stand your ground and just literally just act like it's not even an issue. You know, I think about it. A lot of my exes, they didn't have dads. <laughs> <laughs> He's from a really small town. No, like, even when I moved, like, all of them were like, eh, it's mom. And I'm the one that says, dad, dad won't ask. And I was like, oh, that should have been your, your token story. Yeah, yeah. My name's Wilson. None of my girlfriends have dads. Well, I mean, any kind of wacky story that I was hoping to hear from us, like every single time, you always about like the next thing just keeps coming and coming and coming. Now, the wacky story the wacky story I've got from him is he's never had a girlfriend that's had a, that's actually had a dad in the picture. So he never had to deal with that. You never had to get the mean mug. You never had you know someone like Johnny come up and be like, "You see this gun right here?" Never had a dad, or just dad wasn't in the picture. Just dad took off. Going. Dad took off. That'd be crazy if like, all the dads died. Weird. So that that definitely right. would be weird. I mean, and then oh, I think. Weird. <laughs> you, well, but wait, no, wait, I know what town you're from. Has any of your your girlfriends dated their brothers? You had to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> Not that a, was real shit. Business. You really what? thought about that. I didn't want to. I don't think so. And you want to write people say Florida man. Because you just thought about what I said. Oh. 
You could have been like, no, but you're like, um, I don't think so. Just doing the calculations, rolling the abacus a little bit. Just going through the roll decks like, okay, is that the one? Is that the one? Nope, 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 nope. And all of a sudden he's going to get to one um, and be like, maybe? Ever have had that. That's it. Just ain't, ain't gonna. It's all right. Ain't gonna acknowledge that, huh? You're okay, buddy. So I feel like you're gonna end up having to write a song about that right now, just because that's just something that is rather interesting just to see what would come out of that, especially in a deathcore sense. Yeah. Well, we're um, getting ready to go in the studio, so. Yes. What's this song about? My ex girlfriend's turmoil. <laughs> Wrong genre. Really helped. Yeah, this isn't pop punk, bro. That's a great song title. My ex-girlfriends don't have dads. Bro, you sound like you sound like you sound like early metalcore, like 2010 metalcore. We could announce a song. All my ex-girlfriends don't have dads. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the perfect song to have an intro with the recorder in there, just due to the fact that no one is expecting it in any sense of the song title. Like that won't be able to carry a solid note. Like a, I'll hold it good and everything. Oh. Could you imagine the nightmare of trying to mic that up? Oh yeah. Can you imagine me being a dick and going, hey, I need this mic'd properly? Yes. Yes. Hey Mr. Guy with your tablet, get over here and mic this fucking recorder up. Mic check. (laughs) Might as well just bring a a kazoo with a little wireless bug attached to it. I, I don't hey, I, I need more of the kazoo in my monitor. I need more, I need more in the monitor, please. Yes, I can't hear it. So if you guys want to become even more of that band where all of a sudden the sound guys are going to be like, oh my god, what the heck kind of request are they going to have? What What's going to happen to my equipment? I mean, that would just add even more to it if you're going to ask to have a recorder mic'd up properly. And most sound guys love us because our setup is super simple. Yeah, our setup, we put a box on stage and you, you, here's your wire, plug this in. And every oh, really? sound guy is like, that's phenomenal. And now I'm going to be like, that was phenomenal. I mean, this fucking recorder fucking mic. <laughs> 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 By way, the way, you yeah. thought this was going to be an easy night. And then the curveball comes. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm so fucking excited. I mean, maybe by the time when live shows come back, the sound guys are going to be looking and be like, you know what? This might be worth it just because I'm, they're going to be, everyone's going to be back to doing what they love to do. You guys will be back up on stage. The sound guys are going to be back working again. Everyone at the venue is going to be back working. And people like myself are going to be back in those pits just going absolutely nuts day in and day out because we've been kind of shelved for, well, we'll be over a year at that point. So that's too long it, to do a recorder with a bass drop. Just have a little button at the end of it. Boom! <laughs> oh, put your pedal on the recorder. <laughs> oh, make it sing. Yeah! Oh my oh, god, why are you guys giving me ideas? I just think we should bring the recorder up, get them to mic it, and then not use it. <laughs> and then at the end, be like, what the fuck did I spend all that time micing your fucking recorder? Sorry. What if I wanted to do a solo, dog? <laughs> Sorry. I'm doing an outro. <laughs> Yeah, you never you never heard a uh, recorder solo at a deathcore show. Come on, guys, what are you doing out here? Come on, sound guy. I mean, it could happen. It couldn't. You never know. It's just something that could completely throw everybody off. Are you even deathcore, bro? Are you even deathcore, bro? Did you say trend setters? Trend, trend setters. You said trend. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, going further into it, um, because one thing for me with I'm just gonna bring this up and I want to hear what you guys have to say about with deathcore. One thing that I have the most amount of trouble getting into the the genre with into the songs with 
it all has to do with the vocals because when it's something that's super duper unclean throughout the whole entire thing, it's somewhere just from my standpoint. And then I just want to hear what you guys have think about this. For me, it's just tougher to get into that when it's all unclean. Cause I have a tough time relating to it where with metalcore, when you have the unclean and clean mix in there, it's kind of like a good mixture in there. It's just somewhere for me personally, I have a little bit of a harder time kind of tracking along with that. So when it comes to, especially Johnny with your vocals as well, because I did listen to Dungan Hills and I wanted to really dive deep into it to really try and figure out exactly what was going on. Of course, that was the biggest thing for me that was like, I'm just kind of getting stuck on that when I'm trying to really relate to the song, figure out the song and really listen to it through the whole entire thing. So from my standpoint, when it comes to Deathcore, when it comes to the vocals specifically, to help me get further into and help me understand a little bit more, really get into the genre, what should I be really, from my standpoint, what should I really be listening for? What should I really be trying to get into and how should I be listening in order to really feel the impact of your vocals and the words also in it as well? All right. He doesn't really like us when she starts singing. <laughs> anyway, um, so uh, there's two ways to look at this. One, I attempt to make my vocals as audible as possible. Obviously, that's not the easiest thing to do while you're screaming. The other way to look at it is can you read graffiti? Like, Very minimally. Okay. Now, if you read graffiti every day and you knew how letters were formed, all of a sudden you can all read everything fairly, like unless it's super abstract. So the more you listen to the, the genre, the more you can really pick apart the words. And if I'm attempting to be as clear as possible, like you understand each word, you'll really be able to just start understanding the words, but you're new to death core. So do you know what I mean? Like I'm sure if you listen to a metalcore song, you know what they're screaming because you listened to the song and you picked up the chorus and you understood. Just imagine that through the whole thing. That's a really good way to put it. I'm not going to lie because think about it from the picking up of the metal chorus perspective because especially when you go with a more clean chorus on that end, it's somewhere that's like the that's like somewhere I can pick up on and then trying to listen to the verse and trying to pick up on what's trying to be expressed there and then figuring out what the certain tone of the scream is, whether it's super duper unclean or whether it's a little bit more audible at that point as well what that different expression in just in the vocal pattern just in the sound of it is trying to express within the song because that's a whole different animal in itself where for whenever i try and explain why i actually like what times when people are screaming on these songs it's because you're really getting a different like it's like a whole nother instrument in its own because it's expressing the emotion in a completely different way that you're not going to expect so when it comes down to it with deathcore I kind of see where you're coming from where it's just got to listen to it more and just really immerse myself in it more to understand and really pick up on how to pick for myself in my mind, how to kind of pick apart the words. And then as I'm starting to pick apart the words and figure out where the song is really going in my mind, then I can really start to understand how the unclean vocals and how the specific tone of your voice really relates to what you're trying to talk about within that song. Completely. You just said it perfectly. But I always equate it to the graffiti thing. I do like can't read graffiti and then all of a sudden they see what an A looks like versus an E. No shit. And then you start reading everyone's names or all that shit that they write. So that was a that was an incredible analogy as well, just because I was thinking about it where again, if I start looking at graffiti every single day, at a certain point, all of a sudden I would start picking up on certain nuances of certain letters and how they are formed. And all of a sudden I'd be looking at a different set of graffiti like a month later be like okay now i know exactly what that's trying to say because i picked up on this stuff over the over time 
Now, if I did the same thing with deathcore as well, it, it's it's very similar listening to the vocals as well, just trying to really pick up on that. However, when it comes to the instrumentals, because I've listened, because trying to go into some of the harder stuff as well, for me on that end, it's easier to pick up on. So there definitely is something there for me to really kind of latch on to at some point. When it comes to trying to fully immerse myself in the song, that might be the best way to do it, is just start listening to more and more and more to really try and understand and how to pick apart, in my mind, those vocals so that I can really understand where the song is going, what you're trying to express, and also how your vocal tone is adding to that expression. Agree. Yeah. Yeah, what you said. You should write a book. A cookbook. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say, well, shit. So for anyone trying to get into metalcore, I think I just think about the whole entire, or deathcore, I should say. Just think about the whole entire graffiti thing or anything with uh, Unclean Screams. Just think about the whole entire graffiti thing. The more you listen to it, the more you'll be able to understand it and pick it apart and you're going to be able to get into it. Of course, if people aren't that into it, it is going to be hard to get into it from the outset. However, that's like trying to learn anything. It's like trying to learn how to ride a bike. You're going to jump on a bike the first time as a kid and if it doesn't have train wheels on it, I mean, you're going to fall over within the first like three feet on there because you have no idea what the heck you're doing. But then after a while, you're going to end up understanding the nuances of it. And you're going to be riding around the neighborhood being the cool kid. Especially if you got the little pegs on the back where everyone's like, oh, yeah, you, I want to jump on the pegs. Woo. All the other kids that don't know how to ride their bike. Yeah. They're going to be wondering, what the heck is he listening to? Or like, what the heck is he riding? And just, it makes, it make, it's kind of another analogy right there. So it makes total sense. And now I kind of want to start to get into more deathcore stuff just off of that. Just so I can start picking it apart a little bit more and really understand it to really get behind it a little bit more. A good song to kind of look into is uh, Slaughter to Prevail, the band, and uh, the song is Demolisher. They're a Russian band. So him doing English, he really enunciates and makes sure to put, you know, so you clearly understand what he's saying a lot of the time. And then he drops into Russian for the breakdown and he goes into like a guttural voice and you can tell it's his natural tongue. And I don't understand what the fuck he's saying, but it sounds demonic and beastly as shit. And then he flips it right into a love song. There you go. And then he says demolisher in English. <laughs> Harsh as <laughs> shit. <laughs> and it just drops. Slaughter to prevail. Well, actually, had something similar happen with a different band, metalcore band out of Russia called Wild Ways, where I got to interview them back in December. And I get to interview their lead singer and one of their songs, one of my favorite songs from the year, it's the chorus is completely in English, but most of the verses and the pre-chorus are all in Russian. And when it's in Russian, it's just, you can hear just the anger in it. And I'm like, I have no idea what the guy is necessarily trying to say, but this is what I was talking about with when you're listening to the vocals, you can really pick up on certain nuances within what's being expressed just through the pattern or through the tone. And you can really pick up on what's trying to be said there, even without understanding any of the words. So I got to kind of also include that when I started listening to Deathcore as well, just kind of like, okay, it's kind of also at the beginning part of it, maybe think about it in the same way of listening to unclean vocals from a foreign language you can't really pick up on to try and really understand the tone of voice and really what's going through the whole entire song. Right. But yeah, I'm going to definitely have to get into more or check out Slaughter, Slaughter, Slaughter to Prevail and just really see what you guys are talking about on that end because that might end up opening the door to everything that Deathcore has to offer. It definitely opened my eyes. I, I wasn't a fan of the i just hadn't listened to them i didn't listen to much outside of my little circle my ipod and then one day we were just he said ipod 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 touch yeah he still rocks an ipod hey i i i do too honestly I, when i go to the gym i absolutely love it because 
then I don't have to have my phone on me and no one's going to bother me. No, no phone call is going to come in. That's going to be like, Oh, Hey man, you want to talk about this real quick? No, I'm doing shit. <laughs> I just wouldn't answer the phone. Fuck <laughs> You know, yeah, but do you, uh, I mean, give a damn. Well, you gotta go to the gym too. True that. But I mean, like you're you're lifting, you're lifting something heavy, like you're lifting like three plates on the squat rack, and all of a sudden your earbuds, you know, you're listening to something that's really getting you going. All of a sudden you're gonna hear just your ringtone instead because someone's calling you. It's gonna completely throw off your mentality. You're like, fuck this shit. Yeah, you gotta go to the gym. And then you make your ringtone a really you heavy song. So you when somebody's calling you, you're and like, by three yeah, plates, he doesn't mean that. I'll say, dude, my ringtone is like something from like a uh, Nintendo 64 video game. Yeah, I've, I've had that too. I think mine was Ninja Gaiden for the longest time. So it's like every time my friends text me, I'm like, text me again. Yeah, that's, that's the only reason, like, especially if I'm not if I'm not trying to do something specifically with um, rock, hard rock, heavy metal, metalcore, whatever it might be. If I'm just kind of sitting around, all of a sudden my phone rings. There's a lot of times I'll just kind of let it go because I love listening to the song because it's a it's a song from an uh from a world from the video game Banjo Kazooie. Just because I loved that game as a kid, I'm like it's my favorite song from it. I'm having it as my ringtone. I've had it since shit like the past seven years. I'm like you know what? If I have this ringtone on my phone for the rest of my life, I am not gonna be mad about that. I'm gonna enjoy it every second. And if people start like, oh, why aren't you why aren't you answering your calls? But you guys are making you guys are having my phone play a great song. Just want to let it run through. Yeah, I'll call you back. That's why I let it go on my ringtone. So you have to answer it as quickly as possible? No, I just let it go. Oh. I love Frozen so much. It's my <laughs> favorite ever. And I'm just kidding. I was kidding. I don't have let it go. I just have Bluetooth headphones and I just walk away from my phone. <laughs> so you just look like a crazy person just talking to yourself walking away. No, no one talks to me at the gym. You run out of uh, space between your phone and your headphones, so you won't have to. I don't go that far. I just put it on the, the, the barbell rack, and I do my thing, and I walk away. But no one talks to me at the gym, especially with headphones on. And when they do try to talk to me, I go, ah, can't interrupt this thing I'm doing. Goodbye. And if, they, and if they keep yeah. on to talk to you, kind of pull it out. And especially if you have it blasting your ears, all of a sudden they start to hear like some like slaughter to prevail. And they're like, oh, I, I I don't want to deal with that. Nope, nope, nope. Exactly. But they're always going to ask me about my eyes anyway. So I don't really want to talk about Why would I'll say, why would they do that? Because like, my eyes are tattooed black. Oh, really? <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I haven't looked at my picture yet. Oh, wow. Yeah. That was the most Wisconsin thing you've ever said. <laughs> oh, I could I could easily go, you know. I go, oh, heck of a heap. Aw, oh, geez, Louise. Saw oh, keep her moving. Yes. Oofta. I mean, do you want me to go more? Uh, Wisconsin. I, I like Oofta, though. Oofta. It's oh, Scandinavian-ish. Oh. Yeah, I think technically it's Norwegian. Yeah, it's Norwegian. Okay, sorry. There you go. But I mean, it's it's I mean Scandinavia. It's a Scandinavian country, so it still fits. Yeah, yeah. I used to do the Minneapolis tattoo convention in January, and everyone would come in in fucking t-shirts. It's twenty-two negative twenty-two. The ideal place to be in January. And they're like woofed up, and I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? Five years I went there, I was like, what the fuck are you guys even saying? It's like, it's kind of like oh shit. I'm like all right. <laughs> Oof, that. And I kept saying, <laughs> yeah, 
I was gonna say it does I know how cold it can get up there because I lived there for three and a half years when I was in college and it was just I, I remember those days when it was like you know you wake up you look at the temperature it's negative thirty five ah shit still okay. gotta walk to class okay. already here we go no no I die many freeze like an iguana you know it was funny though everyone would land in St Paul and we'd all take the light rail to the convention center between the light rail and the convention center is about eight blocks. But everyone that came to Minneapolis didn't know how cold it was. I didn't the first year. Second year, I was pretty fucking prepared. Watch all these idiots in t-shirts trying to walk from the train to the... And they even made a skywalk, like, so you can stay indoors. So you can be cold up high? No. No, it's all enclosed. It's a a heated walkway. But then when you get to Target, you have that fucking six blocks where you got to run your ass off to the Marriott. He's like, oh shit, there's no running. Like I said, three steps out. Maybe and, and then that's where I stay until watch him sorry. There's suitcase of clothes and a bag full of tattoo stuff. And they're running, like running to caribou coffee. Caribou coffee. Best chocolate, hot chocolate ever. It's real chunks of chocolate. Amazing. Sorry. I'd be like Sanka from Cool Runnings taking everything out of my on <laughs> all yeah. at the same time. You're not wrong. Yeah, you're you're definitely not wrong, especially in that sense. And I actually have seen that before, and because in Minneapolis there's skywalks literally between every single building because they know how we know how cold it can get up there. So it's just oh, don't so you don't have to walk outside. However, trying to get through those skywalks just to get to where you're going, it takes so long to try and navigate between all these different buildings. So when I was when I was a kid when I was in college, I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna walk outside. I'm just gonna deal with this shit. And yeah, well, it did get a little cold at times, especially having a from. Especially where I was, so I had to walk across the Mississippi River, which is like a five-minute walk just from one end to the other. And the wind, especially when it's negative thirty-five, whipping off that thing. Um, yeah, I probably, I probably would definitely could, it could have been just like just stuck there for at least two months. It's a weird feeling when your nose hairs crystallize. I've done that. It sucks. Oh God, yeah, I, that's a that, you're taking me back to like, oh God, shit, <laughs> my freshman year at that point. Danny's over here like. It's He's awesome. Dark. You're starting to make Danny cold. No. Great. <laughs> yeah. Wait till you go to a restaurant. They're like, you have to wait outside. You're like, what the fuck? No. You might as well call the paramedics now. It's horrible. <laughs> I'll be the one popsicle outside pissing on himself trying Will to stay you warm. you sneeze and it freezes all right here? No. Oh. The sneeze part. Just breathing. Because it, it crystallizes the hairs in your nose. You got like, it hurts to like, oh. It sounds terrible. It, it hurts to breathe even at that point. Yeah. It, it hurt to breathe in New York yeah. in Christmas time. But I was on top of one of those open open double-decker buses and it was like 15, felt like not 15. And I just couldn't breathe and I just had them stop me at Rockefeller and then I stumbled inside some place and they're like, you have to pay for something or you have to leave. Take it was like $50 for like a plate of food and a beer but it was good just say it was good just go was with it, it. Was it 50 worth it? i i don't think i need it i just enjoyed the heat did you go at least huh did you at least didn't get to go no he was there for the warmth i was there for the warmth the food yeah. was keeping me warm as well I'll say, well, then, Danny, when it comes to uh, when it comes to if you're going to end up traveling to Minneapolis or anywhere up north, definitely do it in the summertime then. Or just or just not winter. I'll do my best, but (laughs) we'll go where we got to go. 
I just put hand warmers in all all types of places. I don't even like winter here. What winter? You're such a weirdo. Week when it's cold. I don't huh. like that. Why we should have left it at Wilson. I play bass. You you want to you want to be winters like it is in Miami, where it's 98 degrees because it's winter time yes. and it's not 100 degrees. Yes. No, get the hell out of here. I mean, that's why I moved away from there. I need seasons. Tampa got down to 39. We're gonna have to get Wade like a heated jacket or something like that, just so that when he walks around, he's got just this innate heat already just stuck within him. Yep. Hate fucking cold. Just have a jacket with like little personal heaters inside everywhere I go. I'm, I'm looking like a big ass igloo with like little feet, <laughs> but I'm a warm igloo. And when my feet get cold, I'm just gonna crouch down. Danny's got like a beanie on, a scarf on. Oh yeah. Do you really get that cold that easy? Fuck yes. What dude. are we gonna do on tour? Again, not leave the man. I'm gonna look like I'm in a burp. Like, Clothes. You're gonna see my eyes and like, my eyelashes are gonna hurt because they're the only things exposed to the cold. Danny's gonna be walking clothing rack. Iguana. Anyway, I was gonna say at that point, especially if you guys are around my neck of the woods, where all the papping is, you guys be walking around, I'll see Danny all like curled up like that, and I'm just gonna be walking around like in a t shirt and jeans, like, hey man, what's up? Yeah. He Me can't. Too. I mean, just like, and then you're just gonna see a cold, decrepit finger slowly going like this. No, I'm, no, I'm just gonna from Johnny. He can't speak. His his mouth has been frozen shut. It's like, why is he staring at me? His eyelids are frozen as well. Accurate. He'll he'll speak in an hour after we get him thawed out in the hotel, or the venue, or the restaurant, or where the heck you guys are going. I played a show in St. Paul once, and I was sweating my ass off, and it was like March. And I got outside of the venue and was just like, <laughs> your body probably went into shock. Yeah, I actually didn't took understand. My, I took my wet t-shirt off outside to put my hoodie on, and that was even worse. It was just a nightmare. Anyway, then all the sweat froze to your back as so you're putting bad. on a hoodie. But I don't get cold that easy, so whatever. We all have our superpowers. My body's a callous dog. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> You're so sensitive. I'm so sensitive. I'm so sensitive, callous. You're sensitive, gangster. <laughs> so many layers of skin. <laughs> I think it could also be like a name of a song that you come up with, something to deal with, like sensitive callous or something like that. Yeah. With the recorder. With the recorder. The next is Kill the Imposter record. We got a new song called. We got a new song called All My Girlfriend's Dads Are Gone and. Sensitive callus. Yes, do, anything else. do they make black recorders? Yes, they do. Yeah, they do. He's gonna. They make Amazon oh, right now. They make bass recorders. Did you see that video? Oh, bass recorder. Do you know how a regular recorder yeah, is like the size of like, this? Yeah, it's not like that. This is like. just crazy talk. No, no, no. The bass recorder is like this thick. They're fucking huge. Yeah, it's gargantuan. Like the dear bomb. asshole Jeff Bezos. I hate well, you, but I'm about to buy a fucking recorder. Yeah, get a bass recorder. I'm goddamn clearing it. Dear Jeff Bezos, please send bass recorder to kill the imposter. Sincerely, seriously, you should definitely do this. It'll be worth the investment. Sincerely, the deathcore community, we are lacking <laughs> recorder solos. Hey, honey, they've got a seafoam green recorder. <laughs> they, they, it, you're gonna get a bass recorder that's seafoam green. I mean, you just gotta end up just like. You add this custom paint job to it at the end of it. Just 
you know, make it something a little bit crazier. Put like some butterflies on it or something. Let's see it. Let me see it. Um, Bye now. Yeah, no, I see. okay, now I see it. Bye now. Done and done. No. <laughs> well, shit, I'm the, well, definitely on the next Kill the Imposter record, I'm definitely going to expect a certain kind of recorder solo at some point or just some sort of piece in there. You know Jared's going to hate us. Well, actually, just know that the recorder is never going to leave our side. Even if you don't hear it, know that there's a recorder in the room with us. And it can be dropped at a moment's notice. In the recorder. Oh, wait. You know what? They have drummer mics. We're going to get you a recorder for four behind it. Yes. So while you're playing, you can just. Oh, at the end of a breakdown with a fight bell. Bang! Is that hot buns? Yeah. I love this. Hot buns, yeah. Hot cross buns. There you go. Because hot hot buns is like, I don't know, the wind. You always get a cross your buns, bro. What? Hot buns either sounds like a item in a menu at a burger joint or something that you look up on Google and it just sends you to some very questionable sites. Uh, you're funny saying Google. That's where you look it up. I went to cinnamon buns. <laughs> like I was like, oh, I like Big Texas buns. We're on all sides of the spectrum. I don't know, bro. Let's wait for 25 seconds. The the questionable areas of, of hot buns. weird, bro. Like you look like you would never think about in your life and you do stuff. Excuse him, he's weird sometimes. I mean you gotta expect oh, the unexpected oh. when it comes to any band that is around rock and metal or any of the subgenres. You gotta expect the unexpected. I've again crazier things I've seen and I've every single time something is brought up here, it's just like even crazier than the next. Just keeps going and going and going. It's like the energizer bunny of just wackiness. Yeah, we're just a bunch of crap. I don't know about the energizer bunny part. Wacky for sure. What? <laughs> You've seen his feet when he plays? Okay, there's, there's that. We're just talking in general. But have you sat with wackiness? Him? His legs have stayed like that. Wacky. Dude, I keep the band practice day and we discuss how wacky he is. We're talking about him. He's not acknowledging it. He's fucking wacky. Like that. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know if it's the angle, but like that kneecap is really bony. Hey, bro, we're getting a, get a band band, right? We're getting a band band. You know what he says? What do you uh, say? What color is it? <laughs> what does it matter? It's getting you from here to there. What color? Well, I don't want an old one, he says. This guy. I'll say, so what are, you, are you trying to get like a whole like uh, sprinter van that you guys can customize yourselves or just some old band, like an old VW band from the 70s? I mean, that's happening. That's not the point. <laughs> he was talking about a Winnebago. I said it would be nice in the price of Winnebago. You asked what color it was and what was inside of it because you didn't want shag carpet. Yeah. Shag carpet is wacky. Have you ever slept on Who shag even carpet? says shag carpet anymore? It's great. It's not. You say shag carpet? Yeah. Like in regular conversation? When regular conversation involves a shag carpet? Yeah. <laughs> I think I've never had a conversation about shag carpet. You've never met my wife? I have met your wife. Talk to her about shag carpet. Can I? At your own risk, yeah. Interesting. <laughs> this podcast has been a fucking door opener. <laughs> That, that's pretty much what this podcast ends up being. It's uh, there's always a start at point, starting point at the music, but then whatever the hell else happens, it just goes that route. It's all of a sudden 
shag carpeting to recorders to vans to got anything you can come up with to girlfriends and their dads not being around. <laughs> I mean, just I'm proud of it. I mean, like I said, I leave the potential open for literally anything to happen. And I always love that. Cause now hell I've, I think I've laughed more on this podcast than I have on probably like at least 95 or 96% of podcasts up to this point. And there's still a good amount of time left that we can go on. So that's cause death is fucking funny. <laughs> see and exactly with this is just i'm getting to know more about you guys and it's just kind of seeing how you guys interact with each other so i kind of want to listen to more of your stuff and more deathcore going through it just because there's kind of there's like an innate connection already there from people just because they're hearing the, they can be hearing these stories even for myself talking to you guys hearing these stories just hearing what's being brought up there's definitely more of a connective piece there in terms of stuff that you go through in life an enjoyable thing and just connecting as people so it's like, I want to check out more of this stuff just to see. And then what uh, we were talking about earlier, Jenny, with kind of understanding the vocals, where you're coming from, understanding what you're saying and how it's being said in order to relate it to whatever message you're trying to put out there. It gets me more interested in actually hearing it because I just kind of want to, it's, I just want to know more. That's basically where we're at. I just want to know more. I mean, I wouldn't waste a lot of time because we're the most awesome. Like it's all downhill from here, really. Like, I don't want you to be too disappointed, but we're awesome. Well, I mean, we already know that you guys are awesome. We just got to, it's all figuring out instead of outside of, de- outside of you guys, what else in death core is fantastic. And notice I said, what else outside of it? I mean, you guys already included in there. It's just got to find the other stuff too. Whether you know what? If I'm, if I'm going to be sincere about it, any band that we've played with that's humble, I, I, I thoroughly enjoy it. Like if they don't act like their egos are just ginormous egos, you know what I mean? Sorry to break that down from funny to serious. We play with some bands that suck, ego-wise. Well, they suck. We play with some bands that suck, but their ego band suck worse than the, the ego. Their ego. The ego sure. suck. You know what I mean? The, the ego makes, makes them suckier. Yeah. Careful out there. I kind of know what you're talking about as well, just because, again, talking to certain bands and just seeing some of the stories that they've had with certain things, with certain other live shows that they've played with other bands. And then also some of the stories of other more prominent star- rock stars or metal bands, just in how they interact with other people, other bands around tour. Whenever you hear bands that just like are always great around people, just always great towards other bands, just always having a good time, just, you know, just actually being people and not letting their egos take over. Holy shit, it's just the music that they create sometimes, most time is absolutely fantastic just because they put themselves in there and they're not afraid to be themselves. They're not afraid to let their egos just completely dictate everything where, oh, we're not going to release this right now because, oh, it's not the perfect time and we can't do this exactly. No, they're going to, it's like, oh, well, this is ready. We want you guys to listen to it. So here you go. Enjoy. And everyone's like, yeah, instead of just, what the hell is this going to come out? And then all of a sudden you're going to hear the St. Anger snare. Yeah, that's been our whole mo during this during this virus i mean we have all the time now to record all these songs we've been wanting to do and do all these music videos that we've been wanting to do so let's do it why not now's the time and we've put out what three songs four videos or vice versa something like that vice versa yeah four songs three videos that's a good amount to put out especially during this time and what what it really speaks to is the fact that 
when this whole entire coronavirus pandemic hit that you guys did not sit around and just say, oh, we're going to wait to see how this plays out. It's already this is happening right now. What can we do to make sure that we're doing the best for ourselves, given the situation? Like you're talking about that live show that you're going to do before it got shut down a couple of days early. Who, no one knew exactly what was going to happen with this whole entire thing at the in the beginning or middle of March. So like what you guys were trying to do with that whole entire live show with a couple other bands, that sounded fa- that's absolutely a fantastic idea. Sure, it got shut down, but still, I'm not going to lie. It was a fantastic idea. And then going forward, it's okay. We can't play live shows at the moment. We can't do this. We can't do that. But what can we do in order to maintain the momentum that we have going in order to maintain what we want to keep going for and what we want to do in terms of by the time live shows come back, where do we want to be? How big can we get? And what kind of great music can we create? And if you got the time to record and do stuff that you guys haven't been able to do, just given a certain time frame, now that you have more time to focus on the recording side of things, the writing side of things, by God, do it. Why not? I don't think we've missed a practice. I think we missed one because of my surgery. Was it? Yeah, we missed one. Was it? Did we miss one because of my surgery? When you got your tooth pulled? No, when I got my jaw fixed. Oh, yeah, that one. Yeah. Turned him into a Pez dispenser. So, like, out of, like, almost a year, I think we've missed, like, maybe two or three practices. And especially just, again, during this whole entire pandemic where a lot of other bands are either just completely separated by certain areas where they can't get together. The fact that you guys are consistently getting together, practicing, and that you guys haven't missed a beat even during this whole entire thing just speaks volumes to your dedication as a band. This is what we've all, since the jump, we've all said like, we want to do this for a living and sitting by and just letting time go is not going to get us to that goal. It's going to take hard work. It's going to take a lot of, you know, sleepless nights and it's not going to be easy, but it's going to be worth it in the end where none of us are having to punch a clock during the day and then work on this, which is what we're doing now, where we'll be able to spend the day hanging out and working on stuff and, you know, new ideas and new songs and new logos and new shirts and stuff like that to, it'll give us time to put that all into action. Cause right now we have to do the day, the day in the day out and do this with our, our evenings and our weekends but it's worth it in the long run. And in, in my standpoint, I can totally relate to that as well. Cause I'm in the exact same boat doing this stuff as well. Cause I'm not making nearly enough money off of the podcast, YouTube, all, YouTube videos, um, the MSOD rock stuff. I'm not making really any money off of that right now. So I've got to have a full-time job and it's like, okay, I got to have a full-time job. Got to su- use that money to help support this, but I don't want to have to be constantly going in and working for somebody else because I don't want to do that. This is what I want to do. So I totally relate to that where it's not easy to have to go through that, like through that as well, because it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of effort. It takes a grind just to really get there. However, if it were easy, I got to go with the classic quote from a was like, shit, what was the name of the movie? A League of Their Own with from Tom Hanks. If it was easy, then everyone would do it. And it's, it's not easy, but you got to have that mentality. You got to have that passion. You got to have that drive to know that things are going to, things are going to suck for a while. They might suck for a little bit. They might suck for a long time where you have to go through the stuff. But if you consistently are working hard enough at it to the point where you know what you're doing, you want to go forward with it, you're constantly trying new things, you're taking advantage of the situation you have at at any given moment, at some point something's going to click and you're going to end up just building up momentum to a point where you're going to get to that point where you're not going to have to have a full-time job where you're going to be able to do this with 
all of your time. This will be your passion. This will be what you do for a living, and this is what you want to do. So you're basically not having a job. You're basically living out your dream at that point. Yep, that's the goal. Eight months. Eight that's months. My- that's what I'll say. Is that what you're giving yourself from at this point until for like another eight months, and all of a sudden you're gonna? No, not all of a sudden. I worked my ass off for it, but eight yeah. months. We've got a whole bunch of, you know, an upcoming tour and other stuff in the works. So in the next coming eight months, everything, you know, actually works and starts opening up and we'll be on our way. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so thanks. Thanks, Dan, for clarifying. That's actually kind of where I was trying to go up that question with when you said eight months. I was like, are you talking about eight months like? from now until then like you're having yourself giving yourself the eight month time window from now until then to be like okay this is what we got planned we've got things in the works and within the next eight months we want to make sure that we get to that point instead because i know you're not going to be just like okay we're only eight months into this there's no way in hell that that's possible with the amount of work you guys have put into this band and the amount of work guys put into yourselves as well in order to get to the position where you are now to put yourself in position to be at that point where this is going to be what you do and this is what's going to, you know, help support you, support your families going forward. Yep. And that's what this is all about. It's not, you know, it is us and our dream, but it's also our families. That That's why we bust our ass and we're doing t-shirt designs and videos and shows and, you know, we're the tip of the spear and we're fighting for every show and everything we can get for, you know, not just us, but for them too. No, I got to ask you this because it kind of just popped in my head. I've asked this question to a couple other bands before, but I'm curious to see what you guys have to say about it. So when you were talking about that live show right before that got uh, closed down before the pandemic really shut or they had planned and then the pandemic shut it down with a couple other bands you were working with. Do you think you guys are going to be doing something like that once everything really opens back up fully again to really add more of a like kind of like a weight into trying to get to play live shows in a certain venues or in a certain areas? Yeah, once we can, you know, set up shows and stuff like that. Right now, the promoters are doing a fantastic job of getting everything together and, you know, kind of handling that and giving us the opportunities and finding the places to do it because not a lot of venues. We have a few venues, but not a lot of them are doing things right now. So them handling that has kind of been a great help because that's one other thing. That's one less thing we have to do. Oh, totally understandable. And I mean, I'm for, from a fan standpoint, we're just waiting for live shows to come back because we, again, we miss that family vibe that we get from seeing bands that we absolutely love, enjoy, and bands that we're going to end up absolutely loving and enjoying on stage, getting in with our concert family that we see at every single show we go to that's in the pit every single moment in time. And even if it's a band that we've never heard before, a band that we're just discovering for the first time, Everyone's absolutely loving it, especially if you guys are able to bring that energy that you say you are bringing. Listening to the music, yeah, you guys definitely have that sound that can bring that energy. So it's going to be somewhere once everyone gets back to live shows, people are going to be flocking to these shows because we're going to be, it'll, it'll be probably over a year at that point. Everyone's going to be missing that family vibe. It's just going to depend upon how are people like what shows are people going to go see? Because I feel like every single band is going to end up wanting to go tour and want to go play live once this breaks. You know, I'm going to hold you to that, right? What's when you I got you at one of our shows. I'm going to hold you to that whole match thing that you keep talking about. Well, then I will have to include something in that as well, because 
I, I usually include this towards the end of the podcast, but I feel like it's a perfect time to include this now. A lot of times on this podcast, what I end up doing is I have this thing I call the first rounds on me club. And that is, I always love if I have an absolute blast with the band on the podcast. I always say, if I have a chance to go see your show sometime 2021, hope if not 2022, if I'm around where you guys are, you're around where I am. If I get a chance to go see the show, I will be there. I will be the pick because I absolutely love it. The only, if I, for some reason I am injured or bleeding, I've been, I have blood in a couple of pits before I've gotten out of those. Cause I don't want to get blood all over everybody. That's just not the best idea, but I'll do as much as I can to pick go absolutely bonkers. And then at the end of the show, I always say this first rounds on me. I'm extending that to you guys as well. Awesome. Can't I mean, wait. If you, if you believe with our stuff, you get free merch. So, I mean, yeah, you get free t-shirts with the first 12 stage dives. <laughs> I have yet to stage dive, so you guys are definitely making this intri- more intriguing for me to uh, become yeah. a part of this. So. Yeah, you don't worry. Uh, if, you, if you think the this high energy in the music, wait till you see it live. You break a bone, you get a whole merch package. <laughs> okay, I haven't broken a bone yet. The big, the worst one I had was pretty much was I. It was right below my eyebrow, right, like right, just right above my left eye, from like here to here, just all open and gushing blood because. That was for after the burial, I think. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, we've had what we did have <laughs> one show where uh, to one of our fans, he, I think oh. he broke his. What was it? He broke his finger. Who? Uh, Rob. Oh, Rob broke his thumb off. Just a big dude. Like yeah. it, it was like this. Oh yeah, it was hanging the other way. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He got a concussion, concussion as well. Yeah. That was that was when I broke my pedal board too. Oh, that was at one. Oh, that was the night that we had four fights in twenty two minutes. <laughs> four in twenty two minutes, and then I got targeted because I didn't. Stop. That was our first, That was my first show. Yeah, yes. that was the first Halloween havoc. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. there's there's four fights in twenty five minutes. Uh, I think there ended up three broken bones. Uh, but yeah, this girl got hit and said I targeted her because I. Didn't say stop that. We were a little busy. And then our intro <laughs> for quite a while after that was this. An <laughs> actual game. like klaxon warning. Like, yeah, it's yeah. about to get violent. Sure. If you don't like this, you know, take ten steps back. You're not, yeah, you're gonna get hit. Yeah, I mean that's kind of a good warning to have in there, just because there's gonna be some people that don't want to get anywhere near that, but they want to be a part of the show. They want to feed off the energy, or they want to just be like. Okay, want to be near, want to be at the edge of the pit. We don't want to get in it, but we love pushing people back into it. I know there's a, got a lot of people like that, so if you kind of give that warning out at first, but then if you do, there's gonna be a lot of people like myself. They're gonna be like, "Oh shit!" and they're gonna go right to the middle. Exactly. That's who it's really meant for. <laughs> yeah. All those people that they hear the clocks, I'm like, "Ooh, what is that?" And they're like, "If you don't like this, take ten steps back." It's like, "Ooh, okay, taking ten steps forward." Yeah. Those, yeah. those are the people who are kind of. And well, we it's like, oh, it's like if you guys ever come, you guys, so people slow dance now too. <laughs> they never see it coming. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's what their quarter solo is going to come in. No, it re- we really do play songs from the eighties and nineties. Yeah. Purple Rain, right now. Yeah, Purple Rain. Really? We come out to Purple Rain, yeah. Yeah. And everyone's just like arm in arm, and like <laughs> like lighters in the air, God, and then awesome. a gong hits, and it's like, uh oh. Yeah. <laughs> It has begun at this point. Yes. Chaos rings. Well, one thing I hope you guys get to do is once live shows return is venture up here to my neck of the woods here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 
Maybe not in winter for you, Dan, because I don't want to have your eyelids frozen open or shut and then have your nostrils get crystallized by the cold air. But the one, the venue that we have here, probably the biggest venue is called, uh, it's called the rave, my favorite venue to have to go to. And at certain shows, I always hand out, especially rock and metal shows, they'll hand out little slips of paper that just like say, no, like no moshing, no crowd surfing. And at that point, everyone that it's, it's when you get those slips of paper at a show, you know, that show is going to be good because everyone disregards that no matter what. That's why the piece of paper is this small because they know you're gonna throw it away. Yeah, it's, yeah. They don't want to clean up a lot of big papers. It might be like this big, maybe. Yeah, you can and, get one push broom and get everybody's out of the way. Yeah, it's pretty much like a push broom. I'm pretty sure they have to give those out as like an insurance purpose thing. But everyone knows when you get those little cards at a show, you know that show's gonna be ridiculous. Come on, you hear that fight bell? Arms and legs are gonna be swinging. And that's what I'm hoping for because that's when you just get like everyone just gets so energetic off of that. And then by the time, again, like we said, when you're done with your set, everyone's high-fiving each other, handshaking each other. Hell, people are giving each other hugs because it's like, holy shit, this was awesome. And you all went through this. It's kind of like a religious experience in a way where everyone just be- got beat the fuck up and everyone loved it because it was it was what everyone wanted to do. Everyone was driven to do that by the music and they're just loving it every step of the way. Yeah, we'll be in Milwaukee with Indian for the good land. Wayne's world. No? Yep. We're going to place their waiter. It's a Fender Stratocaster with a whammy box. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, no. Anytime I hear someone quote Wayne's world, I am definitely happy with that. So do not worry. <laughs> Millie, okay. Wasn't that an Indian term? Yes, yeah. it is. We're not worthy. We're not worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy. Get up. They just... Uh, <laughs> Music. Josh. <laughs> I feel like all of a sudden you're gonna have if you guys come to walking like do like the whole entire like warning yourself some people come out and then instead of coming out to purple rain come out to just like that little tidbit from Wayne's world everyone's gonna be everyone's gonna get amped up by it because it's just oh my god yeah oh yeah have region we, intros yeah why would we quote from every state yeah and we gotta go to Canada for letter Kenny yeah oh absolutely figured out. Figure it out. Figure it out. Have you watched Letterkenny yet? I haven't really watched Letterkenny at all. I don't have Hulu, so uh, you have to get it. Pirate it. Bar- borrow somebody's YouTube description from somebody. You else. can YouTube Letterkenny, and really? get all the best quotes of it. Yeah, you have to figure it out. Figure it out. See, usually when it comes to Canadian comedy, I'm usually I've been from college. I was always stuck on Trailer Park Boys because that's always what my friends that were always watching. I'm like, okay, let's watch this, and all of a sudden. Oh, he's talking about the shit storm there, Andy. Yeah. Uh, Letter Kenny's times 10. It's way better. It's not as vulgar, but it's so much funnier. It's awesome. They have their own uh, language, basically. You're 10 by buddy. They have multiple languages in that show. You guys are fucking awkward, bud. <laughs> That's honestly, that's one thing you could honestly add is just some weird, weird, I almost said weird, wacky, but weird, wacky thing where just like a little bit of intro, it could be completely just for each state or each country. Like if you guys go to Canada, just Letter Kenny, Trailer Park Boys, you come to Wisconsin, just do something with Wangel with the Milwaukee thing when it comes to. That's show too. Yeah. Is that- <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. No, it's Wisconsin. Yeah. So- but it would, it would fit if you just end up playing something about Red Foreman saying he's going to stick his foot in your ass. Everyone's gonna absolutely love it. Dumbasses. 
Okay, so we watched a thing on TV, me and the wife. The thing? Yeah, we watched some show about how it was made, the 70s show. I've never seen the 70s show. What? Ever. I knew the Ashton Kutcher guy is on it. Bruh. That's it. And the girl from Ted, right? Yeah, Yeah, Mila Kunis. Sure, her. So yeah, I don't even know the reference. Sorry. I'll lend you the whole series. I don't. It's like this fucking thing. It's like twelve fucking DVDs. They just hey, fuck you! I still have my VCR too. You have a VCR? Fuck yeah! Why? Because, because I have VHS tapes. That's why. That's so weird. They're not gonna make everything with DVD. Who has a DVD player? It's attached to my VCR. <laughs> he's got the combo. Yeah, he's got the combo. Do you have He's, the rewinders? The f- <laughs> you have a rewinder separate? You know, so you can bring them back without getting yeah. charged? <laughs> you can watch a Hollywood video. That's good. Oh, God. But going back to like, I mean, when did you get that thing? Like 2002, 2003? Probably last week. Don't test it. <laughs> <laughs> Best I had one on sale on Black Friday. <laughs> I want to know how much one of those things would cost now. I mean, it's either it's it's either it would cost like absolutely nothing, or it would cost a lot of money because they don't make them anymore. And it's like people want to watch real VHS. It's like, oh my god, VHS DVD combo. That works. We're we're in that time period yeah. where you can buy one for ten bucks. You're good. See, I don't know if I want to buy the DVD player you know, the or the VHS player. Yeah, well, you can get the combo, and it just eliminates all your problems. I don't have either one. I don't have well my PlayStation. I guess technically, yeah. yeah. But it's I don't have a DVD player. I don't have a collection of Oh, DVDs. excuse me. You have a Blu-ray player because it's a PlayStation. I don't have a Blu-ray disc. I don't have a movie to play. I'm sure you heard me like... Anyway, sorry. Anyway, one, one other thing I want to ask you guys is... Because <laughs> what uh, Daniel was talking about with all of a sudden, okay, you guys got a lot of plans for the next eight months to really make something happen. With again, it all depends upon what happens with this pandemic, when live shows are going to come back or not. But what are you when it comes to music? What are you guys planning on in twenty twenty one? We have a couple of festivals uh, yeah. lined up for September. September, yeah, August and September. August and September, and we're hoping to do some touring around that time to support the festivals and if we can a little bit before then to kind of set the groundwork so when we do come back for the second tour cycle around like the August September area time people know us there's merch in the crowds and that word of mouth has started to buzz like hey next time these guys are coming through you gotta come see this yeah hopefully if the world opens up May we'll do a, a little run and then August 23rd would start our second run so uh, we're hearing back from one festival. I don't want to talk about that guy. He's not my favorite. Um, and then Blue Ridge Rock Fest, Sunday, 555, main stage B. And then a week later, we do Rebel Rock Fest, which is Sunday as well, middle of the day. Here. Here in, in Orlando. In yeah. Orlando. Nice. Um, I'm abs- I absolutely love that. And from what I've been seeing from certain things, it's just – from certain bands they were coming out with certain things with in terms of tours that they're planning. I'm starting to see some really pop up around May. So it seems like that might be a time when a lot of people are kind of like pinpointing. So if you guys are looking around that time, it seems like really what is kind of in the zeitgeist of everything. So it does make sense. And 
when you guys go on these tours, are you primarily going to stay within the southeastern part of the United States? Are you guys going to try and travel further north, out further west? Is there any plan on that right now, just in terms of, so people, if they, when live shows come back and they want to see you, they can know what area to kind of go. So after the September run, we would be going to the West Coast. I personally, for obvious reasons, don't know whether I want to go to California for, I won't, yeah, don't get in that. We'll just say, I'll just say this, fair enough. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> but we'll, we'll kind of go around that area and come back to the top of the United States and then we'll see how that takes us. And then well, the ones in uh, May, yeah. April, September, those would be East Coast and then Little Midwest. Or uh, to little Texas, mid then up to Nashville, over to Virginia, then up and then back down. So the lower southeast corner for the first one, and then the whole half for the second, whole half of the United States for the second one. Well, honestly, hopefully that does work out for you guys in terms of live shows coming back because it seems like, especially with the energy that you guys bring on stage that you've talked about, I mean, and hearing the music as well, I'm able to easily tell that that energy is going to be there. And hopefully that word of mouth starts to spread from people in terms of just them telling their friends, putting on social media, putting these videos out. We're all of a sudden like, holy shit, you guys got to check this band out. They just, the, the show's just absolutely ridiculous to the point where people are going to start coming to two or three of these shows over the course of the year because they just want to have what it feels like to be in this absolute crazy pit once again. That's what we're looking for. And hopefully when you guys come around the Midwest, if if it's close around me, if it's something that I can get to, whether it's primarily either Madison, Wisconsin, Milwaukee, which I live in, or Chicago, because it's like an hour and a half drive for me to get there. Not that bad. Um, if I see it, I will be there. If I if you guys know about it, just send me a message because I'm gonna if I can make it, I'll be like, I'm there. We'll definitely keep that in mind and put you into the little loop. Awesome. Yes. Woo. And now I'm super excited and I would absolutely love to see you guys. I'd like to end the podcast on next. We're approaching an hour and a half. And when I always talk about podcasts, like I said earlier, I always kind of have an idea with the music, but I always like to see where the conversation goes. This one went in so many different directions. It was absolutely fantastic. And Again, just listening to it and talking with you guys, it makes me want to see you guys play live and experience that even more and then jump into your music, even jump into Deathcore even more off of that. Yes, do that. You're welcome. So thank you. And before we close out, I always ask a couple of questions. And one is, when it comes to the fans, when it comes to trying to find you guys online, connect with you guys online, find your music, find you, find your merch, where can they do that? Uh, literally everywhere. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, 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 Facebook, Spotify, Facebook, Spotify, Spotify, YouTube, YouTube, iTunes. He's running the Tic Tac. Um, Say Instagram. All of the streaming platforms. So Spotify, iTunes, Pandora, for whatever reason that still is a thing. I believe that there's 16 different streaming like radios. And then I think I said YouTube. Yes. Facebook, Instagram, Spotify. TikTok. What? Did I say Spotify. Spotify. I just said YouTube. I think I said YouTube. Are you sure? Nope. YouTube. <laughs> YouTube. 
Well, one thing I will make sure that the fans do is find this as easy as possible. So everyone listening or watching this podcast, look at the description on YouTube or Spotify podcast, Google Play, iHeartRadio. When it comes to find Kill the Imposter online, you're just going to see the label like Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, 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 Spotify, Apple Music, whatever I can find these guys and TikTok even, I'm going to put the links there for you guys so it's easy. It's going to be one tap, one click. You're going to be able to follow them as easy as possible. And if you don't listen or follow them, I'm going to ask you this question. What in the hell is wrong with you? Because, come on, after this conversation, you got to follow these guys. you got to listen to music. It, come on. Yes. What are you waiting for? We have amazing merch for sale. Yeah, we'll send you that link too. Yes, please send me that link because there's sometimes I have a little bit of an issue trying to find some links for some people, especially when it comes to merch sites. So I want to make sure that that gets included for you guys. So when it, And then buy some merch from them because you want to know why? It helps support them directly. So yeah, and that is a great thing to do. So you should do it. You just got me excited. Woo! Let's go to Milwaukee. Yeah! That's what I'm hoping for. That's so it. Milwaukee best. Just, <laughs> just, just go to Milwaukee for one show. And then, but I'll put it this way, come to Milwaukee and then eh, hit Chicago as well. Cause they'll have a bunch of crazy people there that love going into mosh pits as well. Trust me. I go to shows there a good amount too. And they, a lot of people from Chicago, if they don't have shows in Chicago and they're playing Milwaukee instead, they just drive right on up and it's an absolutely fantastic time. Awesome. Nice. It's a nice little area. There you go. Yeah. Of that. So guys, I want to end it like this because I've, absolutely loved having you guys in the podcast i absolutely love talking with you guys and i include you guys in the first rounds on me clubs so that means that i cannot end this podcast honestly with a goodbye that just seems like this is the, the end of it and that definitely is the end of it so i have to end it with what i always end it with because i always want to see you guys play live i want to be a part of this even more so i want to support you guys as much as i can so i'll end it with see you later see you thank you bud thank you for having us thanks for being on guys Whoa, 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 folks, that was my interview with the guys from Kill the Imposter out of Florida, and holy moly, holy shit, was that an incredible episode. Honestly, I that did not feel like an hour and a half to me. It was just so much fun talking to the guys, hearing them just all the wacky stories, all the wacky ideas that they came up with, all the crazy stuff that had happened. And yes, that energy that you feel in their music is going to be something they put out live. And just listening to the podcast, being a part of this conversation, and also listening to the music, man, I want to check out so much more. I want to even check out more Deathcore after this. And on top of that, when live shows come back, this will be a show where during that like 25 or 30 minute set list that they put together, if I am at that show, if you guys see me at that show, expect me to be in that pit going nuts for the whole 30 minutes. And if something crazy happens to me, like if I start bleeding, well, I'll tell you this, that story is going to be told many times because you guys know I love those crazy stories. And if you go see them live, you're going to have them too. And on that note, that's going to be for me today, guys. Thank you for watching listening to the Core Progression Podcast. Put my MSOTD rocks where rock and metal thrive. My name is Kevin, and you guys know how I end every single one of these episodes of the Big Healthy and Hardy. See ya! Yeah! Oh, what?